This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for March 31st, Easter Sunday. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. The message is by Father Ron Baird. There's an old joke, you may have heard it before, but seemed good for this morning. Uh, the three men died, and they went to heaven. And as they were standing in front of St. Peter before the pearly gates, he said, um, you just have to answer one question before I can let you in. And they said, oh, good, that's pretty easy. And so he said, what is Easter? So the first one looks and says, oh, I know what that is. And he goes, oh, good, what is it then? He says, that's at the end of November. It's a holiday that comes along where everybody eats lots of turkey and watches football. Peter just shakes his head and looks at the next guy and says, how about you? Do you know? He says, I think I know what it is. And he says, what is it? He said, it's a holiday at the end of December when you put up a tree and a big fat elf comes along and drops off a bunch of presents. Peter looks in disgust and says, I don't suppose you'd know, do you? To the third one. The third guy goes, absolutely, I know. And he goes, you're sure? And he goes, yes, it's a Christian festival that coincides with the Passover. Peter has hope. And he says, um, and it's the time when we celebrate that Christ is our Passover um, and that he has died for us and rose again. It's the day when we remember that the tomb was empty and the stone had been rolled away. And Peter's getting really excited at this point. And he said, and, and if Jesus comes out and sees a shadow, there will be six more weeks of winter. <laughs> And although we laugh, there's a, a certain extent to which we almost treat Easter that way. Um, you know, we, intellectually we don't, but practically we do. And we miss the power of what has happened on this morning, the reality of what has really changed. All too often, we convert Easter into our minds as being something that is about Jesus and about him being dead and him being alive. And we missed the whole point of the kingdom of God breaking in. I noted that there are several school systems around the country now who have banned the word Easter from school. I always thought that's kind of funny because Easter actually comes from a pagan goddess, is the, the word, who was Esther, believe it or not. Um, and nobody in most of the world calls it Easter, just in the English world. But um, they now have spring eggs and spring bunny which somehow or other just didn't quite isn't the same as Easter Bunny, but, but somehow or other we want to secularize this or make it normal. And the saddest thing about it all is that the normalcy of Easter is so much more powerful than that. The women went to the tomb that morning. They were looking for normal. What they were looking for was to manage to anoint the body properly because they had dedicated their lives to Jesus and, and he died a horrible death and they thought he didn't do anything. At least he ought to get a proper burial. So they wanted to give him the burial that he deserved. And when they got there, they saw that the stone had rolled away and that there was somebody standing there in front of them. And it said that they did something that is rather remarkable. Anybody notice what the women did? How did they bow down? That's the amazing part. 
Yeah, they put their faces into the ground. Hard to imagine anybody doing that today, isn't it? That anything would be so overwhelming and so um, powerful to them that they felt that somehow or other, I'm unworthy to even see this. But here they are, intuitively, just bowing down and putting their faces into the ground. And they say, where have you laid our, where have you taken our master? And the angel who was there says to him, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is risen. Go and tell Peter and the others. And so they do. And, and what hasn't changed much in 2,000 years is what happens when they get back. They get back and tell the disciples and that they were there, the stones been rolled away, the tomb is empty, and they saw an angel who said, the Lord is risen. And what did they do? Yeah, even believe them. These women are goofy. And so most all of them didn't believe anything except for one person in today's gospel. There's another in John who follows him. You don't know who that was? Peter. Isn't it just like Peter? <laughs> Peter never thinks. The reason why Peter didn't think about how silly the women were being was because Peter doesn't think. If there's any possibility that the Lord is risen or that somebody's taking away the body, he's going to go find out about it. He's not going to sit around and do nothing. And so he runs, it says, to the tomb. Now, that's pretty good distance. And he runs all the way there. And when he gets in there, all that is left is the burial cloth that they had uh, put, that had been folded neatly, it says, and put in with the uh, head covering off to one side. For all you mothers out there, isn't it great to know that Jesus folded up his burial cloths before he left? Isn't that amazing? You know, but he folded up everything. So why is this so dramatic? Why is this so exceptional? Well, because it was so different than anything else. You know, if, if it had simply been that he'd been um, come alive again, they'd seen that, hadn't they? Yeah, I mean, just a few weeks before with Lazarus, he was raised from the dead. But there was a difference. Lazarus was still in the tomb when Jesus got there. There's nobody here. You know, he's gone. So this isn't just the reassembly of a corpse or the resuscitation of a corpse where life is breathed back into it. This is something very different. And even more so, the stone is rolled away. Have you ever seen one of these stones? They're about eight feet tall. And they're like a millstone, if you've ever seen a millstone that, with, you know, where they would grind mill. It's round, usually has a hole in it. This one wouldn't. And it's in a, like a, a trenched out rock so you can roll it. But the problem is, is that it's, it's rolled uphill so that when it comes down and closes, you really can't get it open very easily. It's going to take a lot of people to push that thing open. And so, but it's not only rolled away, it's not even in the track anymore. Now, I don't know how much a granite rock that's eight feet tall would weigh, but I suspect it'd be more than most people could pick up. And yet it's over to the side. This thing that has happened, this resurrection, is completely different than anything that the world has ever seen. God has done something new. He has started a new creation. 
And the body that Jesus has that is resurrected is no longer like our bodies. It's now a resurrected body. And resurrected bodies don't live by the same principles of physics that our bodies live by. That's why we will hear in the coming weeks how Jesus will appear in the midst of a locked room just suddenly. And, you know, you might think, oh, that's like a ghost. You know, he kind of floated through the wall like Casper or something. Except that you can touch him and feel him, and, and he eats. You know, I've never heard of a ghost eating anything. And yet, he's there, physically present with them, and yet not bound by the laws that we take so common. And in this path, Jesus has opened the door between the kingdom of God and us. And all of the sin of the world has been dispensed with. The only thing that would prevent us from inheriting this kind of resurrected life, this kind of eternal body, that even having holes in it for the rest of its life could not hurt. The only thing that would ever prevent us from inheriting that kind of life is our own decision. Imagine what that's like. You know, so many people today think of the church as people who judge who's going to heaven and who's going to hell as though that were ever the church's job because it hasn't been. Honestly, even God didn't decide. He wanted to sit up there and decide who was going to heaven and who was going to hell. He decided he let us do it. He let us make that decision based on what we chose. Do we choose to have faith, not in the life of this world, but in the life of the world to come? Do we choose to seek the living among the dead, as the women were doing originally? Or will we begin to set our eyes on a greater prize? See, when Jesus died, an incredible thing happened. Satan would have thought that he might have won. I mean, it would have been logical, wouldn't it? That God himself... Immortal life had been enveloped by death. That the light of the world had been enfolded in darkness. That the very breath that gives all of us hope had stopped. What it didn't know is that what it swallowed in Jesus was something completely different. Something more powerful than the sin of the world, something more powerful than the brokenness of the world, something more powerful than the death of the world. And that is God himself. And when he broke open that tomb, and those, the, the door came flying off of it, he did more than just break open his own tomb. He broke open the tomb of all of us so that we could inherit eternal life. Not just a life that begins after you die, but life that starts now. Real life. And one of the great tragedies is that for 2,000 years, we have known this. We are the keepers of this incredible news. But it doesn't look like the world's gotten the point yet, does it? You know, we still doubt one another. Doubt ourselves out our God. We still believe that we have to do it. We still believe 
that you can't depend on him. But when we make those choices, what we're choosing is not life, but death. Now, I'll admit it, it does fly in the face of reason, just like the, the disciples back at the upper room. When the women came in, you know, when somebody comes and tells you, you know, there's a, he's not dead, he's risen from the dead. I mean, it sounds a little preposterous. But which would you rather believe? And even more so, let's say you don't want to try to figure all that out. Would it really be so hard to be like Peter and just run to it? Embrace it. We have a choice on this Easter. We can turn from this day after the Easter egg hunts are over, after too much candy has been eaten, after a lot of hallelujahs have been said, and get back to business as usual. You know, that holiday's over, now we can go back to doing things the way we've always done them. Or we can choose on this day to begin life anew to begin to live a resurrected life, to not wait until after we die, to experience the abundant, joyful life that God had planned for us, to choose today to die to ourselves forever, just as surely as he died on the cross, so that we can live with him forever, just as surely as he burst forth from the tomb. That is essentially the hope of Easter. It is the hope of the world that that which was cast down has now been raised up. And it's not just Jesus, it's all of us. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You were just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.